Welcome to this God-inspired message from Shofar Christian Church. Enjoy today's message. May you experience the presence of our Father and may you grow deeper in your relationship with Him. Hello. Welcome to Church at Home. My name is Aneta Bussel, and we are in the middle of our relationship series. Um, it's really great that you joined us, and today we're going to be looking at a topic, communication. It's a topic that has a lot of angles and a lot of ways that we can look at it, but we only have a short amount of time. And as a counselor, I really want to get in there and get practical. But we are going to stop a bit, look at scripture and find guidance about how as Christians do we navigate this tricky field that we've got. In preparation for today's talk, I found a few quotes to help us kick off this topic and um, some of them are really insightful. The single biggest problem in communication is the illusion that it has taken place. I think lots of people will agree with that because one of the biggest problems we have in communication is that people leave a conversation and they feel like they have not been heard. Communication is a skill that you can learn. It is like riding a bicycle or typing. If you're willing to work at it, you can rapidly improve the quality of every part of your life. Effective communication is 20% of what you know and 80% of what you feel about what you know. And this is one I find in marriage counseling often, is the feelings behind the facts and not just the words that were said. A lot of problems in this world would be solved if we talk to one another instead of about one another. Proverbs 18 verse 21 says, Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it shall eat its fruit. There is power in our words. In communication, we can build people, we can build relationships, and we can destroy people. Often today, people use their words too lightly. And today, I want us to pause a bit and understand that our words have a meaning and they should be counted when we, can, when we talk. I drew a little image of two people talking. You'll see both of them are in bubbles. Now, I use this image a lot in counseling, and I want to kick us off with this one. You'll see that both people are in the little bubbles, and I call it your, your frame of reference, your, your internal world, your experiences. There's a lot of stuff that causes us to live in our little bubble. And this bubble, in a way, is a filter for what we hear and what we receive and what we say. Everything goes through this filter of the experiences that we've picked up. Now, both of these characters have a bubble. And depending on their stories, they will come to this conversation with very different backgrounds and interpretations of the topic. In the middle of these two characters, there's a, there's a space. And in counseling, I talk a lot about the space between or the gap between two people and how that is actually the only thing we have to work with. In communication, especially if people know each other well, they feel that the other one is supposed to know what I'm thinking and the other one is supposed to know how I feel about something, which is one of the big pitfalls of communication called assumptions, where we start making assumptions about what the other one know, knows or what the other one heard in what I said. So 
In this little illustration, there's two characters, both of them with their own worlds, and in the middle there's a gap. And in this gap, both parties come to give something and both parties receive something. Um, some of the conversations we have in our house is where the girls argue and the one will say, but she made me do it. And that for me is a classic example of communication where a person can experience that the other one is telling them what to do because there's manipulation, because there's body language, there's history, there's a lot of stuff in the conversation that's causing one party to feel that the other one made them do it. Now, when we enter into the space between two people, I really want to illustrate that none of these people have some psychic brain power to know exactly what's going on in the other one's mind. You don't know exactly what the other one is thinking unless they tell you. In that space between two people, that's the place where we exchange. We exchange words, verbal and non-verbal communication. It's in that space. I can pretend. I can come into a conversation and pretend to give you something. You won't know that, but the only thing we have is the space between us unless the other person asks questions or engage in a conversation to clarify. Now, this is a very important principle for communication because we have to harness the space between people. And as Christians, we can look at this space and say, what am I supposed to do with this? There's a lot of examples. Um, when you look on Facebook or a lot of places, you'll find a lot of examples about how people communicate. And there's definitions about how should you be self-assertive? How should you bring your points across? How should you have your emotions come across? What do you do with this person? There's a lot of opinions out there. But as Christians, we stand with this gap between us. And this is a gap that we have to, to do something with that is different. I've got a scripture up there that just tells us a little bit. It's a reminder of the state of our world. 2 Timothy 3 says, But mark this, there will be terrible times in the last days. People will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boastful, proud, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, without love, unforgiving, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not lovers of good, treacherous, and lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. If this is the heart or the culture that you are entering into a conversation with. We can have a group discussion about how that conversation is probably going to go versus what we are called to in Christ. Matthew 7 says, So in everything, do to others what you would have done them do to you. For this sums up the law and the prophets. Now, when we talk about communication, and I've titled this talk, The Heart of Communication, because there's a lot of tools we can talk about. There's a lot of techniques. There's a lot of ways where you can structure a conversation to make it flow and to make it work. But the essence that I've seen over and over is the heart that a person brings into a conversation before the communication even starts. Now, if we're talking about relationships, we're talking about marriage relationships, friendships relationships, family, and these relationships are close to us. They're difficult. 
And often in these places we get exposed to the things that's in our hearts that are not good. And as Christians, I find this over and over that people are very nervous to discover their own faults. They are nervous to discover in themselves that I struggle with anger or I've struggled with a victim mentality or I struggle with things that actually when you come into the conversation, it's not helpful to the conversation. So in going further, I just want us to pause a bit here because the heart of communication should be one that falls in line with the law of love. Now, what is this law of love? The law of love um, is in essence what Jesus did for us. Jesus, who was God, who came to earth and he died on the cross for our sins and we don't deserve it. So there's a self-sacrificial dying to himself love that he came to show us. If we read scripture and we try and read scripture through that law of love, we find a lot of truths in what does it look like for us today. We find truths in how do I relate this love practically. And I just want to link a little bit with Philip's sermon from two weeks back where he said we should raise the standard. Now when we talk about communication, we should raise the standard. There is, God has a different law by which we can enter into communication. And that law is a beautiful law of love. But for us to go there, we have to stop and say, all right, what is in me? Um, I've got a scripture up there that just illustrates this law of love beautifully. Romans 12 verse 19 says, Do not take revenge, my dear friends, but leave room for God's wrath. For it is written, it is mine to avenge. I will repay, says the Lord. If your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink. In doing this, you will heap burning coals on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Scripture is full of these little nuggets that gives us that clear direction and tools in what to take into a conversation, into communication, before we even get to the topic. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It's not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It does not keep record of the wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices in the truth. It always protects, it always trusts, always hopes, and always perseveres. Love never fails. Now, I could stop this sermon right there. In, in counseling sessions, when people come into a difficult situation where we have to talk through difficult things, Usually people sit with a hurt, they sit with memories, they sit with something that they've picked up in their life that is like that little filter that I was talking about earlier and it's blocking the way they are engaging with the conversation. Now if both parties are sitting with a place where they are being blocked from their own hurts and from their own stories then the conversation is already in a way doomed. But if every person can stop for a moment and realize what is going on in my heart so that I can communicate from this heart, a heart that shows love. And it is very different to the way the world does things because 
everybody else tells you, stand up for yourself, argue. You know, there's a lot of ways in which the world and people are encouraging people to stand up for themselves. But Jesus comes and he says, I want to teach you a different way. And it's a place of the heart. So let us quickly go back to my little image that I drew. Two people standing both in their own bubbles and there's the space between them. Now, if both people in their own little bubbles take responsibility for what's going on inside their bubble, in other words, the other one cannot make me do something. I can come and take responsibility for what? My actions, my words, my verbal and non-verbal interaction in this, com in this conversation. If I come into the conversation with some attitude, then the other person is going to interpret it through their bubble. So we have to try and make that space as clean as possible so that the message can be clear. So, and the, the, we're going to look at a tool a bit later that I'm going to just give you a short pointers of how to manage this space good. But before we go there, I'd like us to just stop, step into your own bubble and say, all right, what is in my control? I am in my control. I cannot control the other person's reactions, their feelings, their thoughts. Anything that, that is part of their interpretation of this conversation, I cannot control that. The only control I have is my actions, my words, and my contribution. And this is where we take responsibility for how we talk to people. Are we talking in kindness? Are we talking with respect? Are we talking in a forgiving way? Or, are we, or do we keep on bringing up the past? Something else that I've picked up in this, in this context, we have two people talking to each other's bubbles, is that if people struggle to forgive the past, either their own past or the other person's past, or maybe something somebody else did completely separate from this person, but the story is, is painful, then it's almost like you take a mirror and you put it before the person that you're talking to. And to try and clarify that, it is like I'm talking to a mirror, but this person is my version of that person. Instead of allowing that person to show me who they are. And this is the danger that assumptions and that bringing the past into a conversation all the time, it just completely blocks the conversation and the growth because you don't allow that person to show you who they are or who they've become. So we need to clear the space between two people. We need to clear the space and we need to forgive. Um, forgiveness is hard and I'm not going to go into that topic tonight, but forgiveness is such a vital part in communication. Forgiveness does not necessarily mean you trust that person immediately where they hurt you, but forgiveness allows a person to show you who they've become. So let's pause. I've said a lot of stuff and I'm going to bring it together a bit. My part in this game of communication, and I want to link that with Luke 6, the good man brings good things out of the treasures of his heart and the evil man brings evil things. For from the outflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. So now we've said that we've got two people or sometimes more than two people in a conversation. 
Each person has to take stock of what's going on within their bubble, in their internal world. What's going on with their thoughts, what's going on with their feelings. And if these things are bad or harmful towards the other person, to take them captive and to do something else with it instead of throwing it to the other person. I can take responsibility over my processing of a story. I cannot force anybody else to take responsibility. That is their part to play. They have to do that with God. And in healthy conversation, we can actually have a conversation where you can invite somebody with respect to say, I see this about you. May I give you a, may we talk about this? A place of respect and of love and of kindness, not bringing down the cruel words of how they should now change and everything they've done wrong. But to create a loving environment, we can actually talk about change. We can talk about things. There are a lot of clues and tips as we go through scripture that we can collect to say, I need techniques. I need to learn what does this look like. I've just got a few listed here, but there are so many more. I actually joked and said I could just read scriptures through this whole sermon and we will find all the truth we need because there's so many good pointers to teach us about communication in Scripture. Some of them respect. And of course, with all of these things, you have to think, what does it look like for me? And in the other part, you have to ask them, what does it look like for you so that I can show this to you? Respect, kindness, grace, forgiving and not seeking revenge, patience, seeking peace, disciplining our tongues, and being slow to anger. Those are just a few that we can take into this space and say they physically show love. So if I'm in a difficult conversation, I can, I can use those and I can be Jesus' peace and I can bring love into the situation. Now just in closing, I'm going to give you a very short little tip on communication. We call them the communication mountains. Two people in a conversation are like two mountains with the tip standing out of the water but under the water they touch. On top of the mountains you have two tennis courts and these two tennis courts are playing tennis basically. The ball goes from the one hand to the other hand. That is what we call topical conversations. So you talk topical. One will say something like, make me coffee, how much sugar, whatever. It's a topical conversation. Lots of conversations are like that. It's not a lot of deep discussion going around those topical conversations. But there's a different kind of conversation. The conversation that goes emotional and that goes relational. And these are under the water where the mountains touch. If we treat them like topical conversations, the conversation will be ineffective. But if we recognize this is not a topical conversation, this is a conversation that is seeking to connect, then our style needs to change. Simple tool is to ask questions. Clarifying and questions that really show that you're interested. Instead of just listening to answer, you listen to understand. So immediately there would be a role change. There'll be a listener and there'll be a talker. Talker will talk. That's what they do. And listener will not interrupt unless to ask clarifying questions. Because the point of that is, 
you want the two mountains to be able to touch where hearts connect. But you can't do that if you're in a topical conversation. Otherwise, we miss the deep conversation that's trying to happen where you ask questions and you go a little deeper to try and understand the other person's world. There's a lot more I can say to this. It is a technique we use a lot and I think Pastor Yaku has also used it before. Um, but I just want to throw it in there because sometimes we have to just be able to recognize what kind of conversation is on the table. Is it a topical conversation where we can argue about things, you know, like two tennis players going for the ball? Or is it a hard conversation where we might not agree, but both parties need to feel leave, when they leave that they were heard? Different conversations which can, which if you do the wrong one at the wrong time, people leave feeling that they weren't understood. In closing, I just want to say that conversations need not be intimidating and scary. If you go into a conversation with the heart that I want to understand, I also want to share my part, but I'm going to share it in love. And I'm going to use the tools that Christ has given me to stick to a love way of communicating. Then conversations do not need to be intimidating and they do not need to be scary. So I want to invite you to recognize the space between people and to ask yourself, how can I, how can I, how can I portray Jesus' love in that space that is between two people? And if you recognize something within yourself that is coming out, deal with it. Go for help. Deal with the things that's coming out within yourself. Colossians 4 verse 6 says, Let your conversations be always full with grace, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how to answer everyone. There's a lot more scriptures like that to dig into, and I invite you to go and find them. I'll close for us in prayer. Thank you, Lord, that we can sit at your at your feet and with scripture and just ask for wisdom in dealing with relationships. Lord's relationships are everywhere and some of them are really difficult. We need your wisdom. We need your guidance. And we need your Holy Spirit to come and reveal in our hearts how we can live in a way that your law of love shines through us. Father, I pray this over every person that's listened to the sermon today and I thank you that you are good. Amen. Thanks for listening to this message from Shofar Christian Church. We believe that you enjoyed your time with us, establishing God's kingdom and His glory in your life. For more info, call us on 012-362-1363. Email us, pretoria at shofaronline.org. Browse our website, www.shofaronline.org. Or like us on facebook.com forward slash shofarpretoria.